what's up everybody welcome back once again to the folding list my name is travis i hope you know my name at this point this is the third podcast but this could be your first um it's good either way i'm just glad you're with us today we definitely appreciate it um because i'm not by myself like always i'm with my my homeboy here cam uh jack friday <laughs> yeah, we're, he's going to stick with the Jack Friday for now. I think we're going to stick forever for now. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't know what he's talking about, please go back and listen to the pilot where we were still trying to figure out what this was. We still, we still are trying to figure out what this is because uh, we're, we're all pretty new at it. You know, it's, it's just kind of getting together and talking and having a good time. And usually whenever people are over on the weekend, we just kind of uh, scoop them up and throw them on the podcast because... Most of our friends know what they're talking about when it comes to movies and and film and all that kind of stuff. So uh, today we had someone over partying with us for uh, Fourth of July. July. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Uh, Patrick. How's it going today, man? What's up? Hello, uh, pod listeners and friends. (laughs) Patrick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I am a professional model in my day Ooh, No, right. I wish. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just a handsome 30-something, you know, just on the pursuit of great perhaps, you know, I never know. Grew up in Nevada, so I'm full of sin, and I love movies and attention. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Patrick's his shirt right now. It's so awesome. It just says grinder. Uh, <laughs> rainbow. I got it for free for being gay. <laughs> you said you had to register <laughs> homosexual to get that shirt. June is Pride Month, and so they just they mail them out for free to register homosexuals. So. Got one in my mail. That's great. Nice, man. I'm, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're here to represent and wearing the uh, representing the grinder crowd. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's right. Grinder friends out there, secret ones. You never know if you. Yeah, I was, I was you about to say. Download it and yeah, comment below. Let us know. <laughs> I was about to say. I'm sure we got some listeners that are secret fans of, of Grinder here. It's better than Tinder. <laughs> and kind of on that subject, yeah, the movie we're talking about today is Forty Year Old Virgin. A personal favorite of mine. I'm so happy. Yeah, talking about. Can relate or? Oh, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> For all who don't know, I am a forty-year-old. It's been a rough. I didn't know you were a forty. Years. Oh yeah. yeah, I look good for my age. Don't I? Not really. <laughs> oh, okay. But... <laughs> That's just the Jack Friday in me. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we, this is a easily one of one of my favorites from back in the day. I watched it a million, a million times. Um, definitely saw it in the theater. And I remember even now thinking back about how hard I was laughing in the theater. And it was probably like embarrassingly hard. Wait, your mom let you look at this in the theater? No, no. <laughs> I was I was definitely in college. So I think oh, it was okay. my first, freshman year in college, like yeah, literally first right. summer away. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you know, like. This is one of those movies that I, all, all three of us have probably seen a, a bunch of times. But like before, before we really get going on it, what have y'all been watching really intently? What have you been locked in with? And actually, like Pat, like what what's really had your focus like locked in right now? Uh, so like stepdad porn. <laughs> no. uh, actually, uh, I was in the mayor of East Town. Um, oh, nice. For a while, yeah, so that yeah. was uh, phenomenal. I just the the acting in that is just like insane. Um, and then I uh, actually was going back and watching a lot of the Ocean series. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's just to to go back and watch those movies. I remember watching those in like the movie theater in high school, and like they still hold up. And it's just yep. and I grew up in Nevada, so it's just it's cool. Oh, okay. So, like, that going on and oh that's interesting yeah. do do people like 
do people in the Nevada like actually enjoy those movies or is that just kind of a you thing? Uh, how, do, how do people feel about movies surrounding Nevada in the first place? Like, Well, a lot of times we know if it's filmed in Nevada or not because they say Nevada. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> There's even like sense. CSI Las Vegas, they said Nevada at one point. I'm like, Bitch, I was like you guys have a consultant. <laughs> like, like, that could be like, it's, it's not Nevada. Um, but I think it's the same thing of like, you know, if you've never been to like Vegas or yeah. something like that, like it's a it's a completely different world. But it's like I, I guess it would be kind of similar growing up in like Orlando and stuff like that. It's like I've seen Mickey Mouse with his head off. I used to work with a bunch of casinos and stuff. So it's yep. like you kind of see like what it's like and, yeah. and, and everything. Like we I remember growing up, like the only time we saw our grandma was because there was a casino in our uh, hometown that owned an airplane and it would fly out to places that wow. didn't have gambling and bring them into Nevada. Wow, that's awesome. So every time we were able to see my grandma, it was for like uh, two days and three nights at the Red Lion Casino downtown. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I, well, I guess it would be like a big part of just the culture in general in the area. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a big part of the culture just kind of like where we're from in the panhandle just because of like just getting across into Alabama and stuff and going gambling man like it's a big part of the culture in general so I couldn't imagine like actually growing up there how far away from Vegas were you so I grew up in northern Nevada so in Elko try to hold your applause Um, (laughs) (laughs) so it is it is a very central town it's like four hours to Salt Lake City four hours to Boise Idaho about four hours from Reno but it's about six to eight hours from Vegas um, and okay. what's crazy about this town is like everyone always thinks like prostitution is like legal in Nevada and it's it's not. I mean, it is in certain areas, but like street walkers, things like that, like that happens, but it's not like legal. And so a lot of times, even in Vegas, like to go to a brothel, it's like 90 minutes outside of Vegas. Yeah. Um, and so in a lot of the brothels, like they have like limos that will come pick you up. <laughs> of course. Yes. It's like you have to like, <laughs> ride in this limo with a bunch of other dudes being like, <laughs> I try not to make eye contact for 90 minutes. You know, but like in the town that I grew up in, like our brothels were like downtown. So like uh, like where all the casinos are and stuff like that, we had three brothels and we used to go trick or treating there when we were younger. Trick or treating at yeah. the brothel. <laughs> what kind of stuff would they give you? King size candy bars. <laughs> the big old candy yeah, bars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a big snake. Yeah. Nice man. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so it's man, that's different. Awesome. Yeah, it was a different culture. So like when I see things in like like things that happen at casinos like the security and all that like that's like for real like they don't joke around about their money and stuff man so, oh like yeah. have you ever seen like a situation where someone would be winning like and the house will come down and be like hey you're taking all of our money uh <laughs> like not personally but mm. like yeah there's but definitely people happen. like yeah. like behind the cameras that are like really watching, watching for that yeah. yeah yeah because it's like you know especially in the town that we grew up in like it's it's Right, a lot of the casinos are right off the freeway, so it can be people that are traveling, but a lot of it is like people that are there locally. So if someone's winning a lot, it, it draws a lot of attention. But like also working in a casino, it's crazy to think of like the different tactics that they use to keep people in casinos. Like you never see a clock in casinos. Yeah. They don't want anybody to know what time it is. Yep. All the windows are tended, so you don't know if it's day or night. But they also like play sounds of people winning. So because it like as a psychological tactic. Wait, what? Yeah, so I didn't know that. Yeah, they play music that sounds like people are winning, so it's like, oh, if they can win, I can win. So, okay, I do have a question, and I've always thought about this, too. Do they actually pick some of the winners as, like, you know, um, like, lucky first-timers or whatever, so they'll kind of get that taste, and then they want to go back to the tables to actually try to win more, so they end up spending more money? 
Uh, so I don't necessarily think they like pick them strategically. Mm. I think like I think they can get it down to being like someone needs to win tonight so that so we can still yeah. But it's also like casinos don't want they want you to win for like a PR standpoint like gotcha. at all. Like yeah. they want people to see that people have the the chance of winning. Um, and so I don't know if they like pick the people. I would not be surprised if there's some shady like casino owner that's like got actors being like we won and they're just doing a stunt kind of thing but yeah. like, um you like know millions, like, yeah. they regulate that pretty intensely like with the gaming commission and stuff like that so i would imagine like anybody that wins like it opens up an investigation just to make sure things like yeah on the books and stuff yeah, that was yeah. an interesting thing that you said too mcmillions oh yeah that yeah was a, that was a crazy crazy documentary Oh, was, I was, was going like to say two episodes and I was like boring. Oh, were you? See, yeah. I never I never knew those stories, man. So like it had me shocked to know that nobody was a, a winner yeah. like ever. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> it's never new because it just came out of blue. Like you just always assume that like, oh, someone someone got it. Yeah. Yeah. I always I would buy copious amount of McDonald's. <laughs> like, can we get a Happy Meal, please? Yeah. I got a million dollars. I got to get the medium fry so you can get the, the peel. That's yeah. probably what got me started eating like crazy meals as a kid, <laughs> if I really think about it. Because that was shady, bro. Yeah, because like, because <laughs> if you if you don't know the part, the uh, documentary we're talking about is called McMillions, to where it's a documentary uh, kind of diving into basically how the uh, monopoly game at McDonald's was run and the fact that in the beginning, I think maybe the first or second year, those may have been legitimate winners, but any year after that, all of their winners were friends of friends of somebody running the security team for the actual McDonald's Monopoly game. Key player. Like the yeah. marketing company. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. So if, and you know, like I, I kind of get what you're saying because it was like six episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah, so after episode two, you kind of like, it does get kind of boring, but then like towards the end, you start it, they start kind of going into how this game like ruined people's lives oh, yeah. because it was all dealing with is it racketeering is that yeah it's like racketeering yes like, yeah uh, money laundering and stuff like that exactly yeah and that that's what it, it all kind of turned into which i thought it was a crazy doc it was kind of a i, I hate to say fun at moments <laughs> but <laughs> at, at moments it did have like funny moments yeah because they had to do like sting operations and stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That one detective was FBI just, agent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he had a good time. Yeah. yeah, he accidentally sent the information to a news source, and then that blew it up, and the whole like department was like, "Oh wow, you really sent our shit to the news?" Oh yeah, yeah, because he just he just wanted to have a good time yeah. <laughs> while catching criminals. And he still denies it to this day. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, like that that was one thing that I was kind of like watching a ton, like just watching red doc documentaries in general over the past year, like everybody else. Have you been watching anything new recently uh, that's got you pulled in? I've still been on Lupin, uh, the, oh, the nice. French, yeah, the French yeah, version yeah. of it, um, you know, um, dubbed all day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really been, that, that's been catching my attention. But that's only when I have time, you know, I've been in school you. and, you know, I start working but yeah, for your own version, man, that is my cup of tea. <laughs> like, this is why I first saw this movie when I was in 10th grade um, with all my buddies. Mm -hmm. I think we skipped school that day just to watch Four Year Old Version. I was like, what is this amazing movie that I'm watching? So many brilliant one liners came oh, from this movie. Classic. Yeah. Uh, bags of Sand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, what were some other ones? 
Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, like, this was, you know, and I, I think one big thing about this movie was the fact that this was, like, the first time that we saw a lot of these people. I know, you know, some people are, obviously, we're familiar with Paul Rudd Paul and Steve Carell before this, but this was, like, one of the first times that you really get to see Seth Rogen doing his thing i know he was in freaks and geeks yes which is like where all of this really started because judd apatow the director and uh, writer of this he had that hit show in the uh early 2000s late 90s late 90s had to be late 90s yeah yeah. because uh yeah yeah, a show called freaks and geeks and that was starring a ton of people with Pretty much everybody that you see in movies today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Kind of that whole crew. And that's kind of how 40-year-old Virgin is, too. So it's like even when it came out so long, I mean, the year it came out in, but... uh, 2007, 6, 5? 5. Yeah. 2005, yeah. So I just just watched it, like, earlier this week, and it still holds up. And, like, every single person who has such, like, iconic character in that movie (laughs) is, like, a powerhouse still to this day. Yeah. Like, and that's what's awesome about watching some of these movies that we watched when we were growing up is to see, like, Oh, I know yep. that person. Like literally, like I could probably name like the majority of the people that are in this movie just because they are like huge stars now. And it's it's also so good because it's like everyone, even if it's a tiny role in that movie, it's just so iconic. And it's the best thing where it's like even if you have to go to the bathroom or you're not even fully paying attention, yep. like you can like get off your phone and just look at what's happening and it's like a funny situation that's that's going on. Every scene. Or just entertaining. Every yeah. single scene. I remember it's funny you say that too, because um one uh, actor that I do want to shout out, uh, Romani uh, Malco, Jay, Jay, yeah, yeah. Jay in it. Um, he was funny enough. This is a little bit of trivia for you guys. He actually played MC Hammer in the huh. MC Hammer special. Yep, I remember. Yeah, that. And I remember watching that. As a <laughs> he's an incredible dancer. Oh, <laughs> it's wild. Like, yeah, this is fantastic. And he's got great comedic timing. Yeah, too, his right? music, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like his uh, his all of his scenes. His scene with Kevin Hart when Kevin Hart was just <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that is. Such an iconic scene. Such a yeah. great scene. That, that was one of that. Because I think I had seen Kevin Hart before that. I think I had yeah. seen his stand-up yeah. before that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was probably the first time I'd ever seen him on screen. And yeah. Homeboy, like, stole the show oh. in a matter of minutes. It, it was so funny because, like, when I first saw that clip, I thought it... The first thing that popped in my head, I thought it was, like, something from Clerks or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, oh, shit, that was a 40-year-old virgin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's something that's, like, I probably watched that clip at least, like, three to four times a year. <laughs> just I because it's, like... Space. So good. It's like, what can you do is just move on amicably. Like, nah, hold up. You big <laughs> words, words out there. I don't know because what I don't understand them. I'm gonna take them as a sign of disrespect. Watch your mouth. Forecast market party. Oh man, because <laughs> like I, I know, like he stole the show, and then Jonah Hill. That was also that was the Black other crazy part. Yeah, yeah, man. Should we explain the premise of the movie? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so deep. Yeah, yeah. See, that's how I, great this movie is. Yeah. It's like you can just talk about this movie for hours. Yeah, we're we're obviously fans of this movie. We're fans of basically everybody in this movie, even the side characters, because this movie. The premise of this movie is about a. Uh, Dude, Steve Carell, uh, what's his name? Andy Stitzer. Andy Andy Stitzer. Andy Stitzer. That's an awful name. (laughs) Sorry, any Andy Stitzers that are fans of the podcast. But uh, I'm not sorry. What the fuck, (laughs) (laughs) Joe? Say something to your parents for me. But yeah, so this dude, Andy Stitzer, he works at a. yeah, smart tech smart tech which is definitely like a circuit city knockoff yeah, circuit city. which is something that even as a concept now is kind of like a 
antiquated. Even just to think that there was at once a place before Best Buy that Best Buy <laughs> took out of business. It's a place that you try to explain that like no one's ever going to get. It's like it's like a Radio Shack. Well, oh, they're not going to know what Radio Shack. Is. Nope, nope. Radio Shack died. <laughs> and then Radio Play, Radio Play died. And Best Buy is basically the same thing. They just had like cheaper prices, I guess. Is that why Circuit City went out of? That's anyways. So uh, Andy works at this place, uh, uh, Smart Tech, and basically kind of a quiet dude, doesn't really hang out with anybody. And eventually um, some of the guys invite him to play uh, to play poker. And these dudes are played by Paul Rudd. Um, what was the guy you mentioned earlier? Uh, Romani Malco, Seth R- Rogen. Yep, Seth Rogen. Yeah, I guess it was just the three of them. Yeah, and so- the old guy. Um, Mooch or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gary uh, Bednock <laughs> plays Mooch. Yep. Okay, cool, nice. So they're all playing uh, poker, and then after some stereotypical guy talk, they start to realize that maybe the reason why Andy's not good at guy talk is because, or not even good at guy talk, just good at sexual talk in general, is because he is extremely inexperienced, so much so that homeboy is still a virgin at the age of 40. Now, the coworkers take it upon themselves to try and get this man laid, which obviously leads to a bunch of different hijinks and you got to learn how to... My dick is your dick. <laughs> yeah. You got to see on the pedestal. <laughs> got to smash through a bunch of bunch of hood rats yeah. first. <laughs> and so we're... <laughs> And we're running through all these quotes because we've obviously seen this movie a million times. But I think it was it was weird seeing seeing Steve Carell kind of go from go from the Daily Show to where he's playing this like crazy character. And then I think he did what was it, uh, Bruce Almighty at that point, and that was probably like the first thing yeah. out of Daily Show that he did. The first season of The Office had came out. Oh really? Like yeah, so that's why he lost so much weight between the first and second season of The Office. It was because of that. Interesting. Do you know how they did the the hair plug thing with him? Someone pointed that out to me years ago when um, when The Office first premiered. He, was he, yeah, he yeah. looked like he had hair plugs, but uh, somebody told me that that was like a fake thing. Oh yeah, that yeah they was, did. Uh, I think they mentioned it on the the rewatch podcast that it is a fake thing because they wanted it, him to look like a lot older than he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he also he also had a um, a different kind of personality too, where he was a little bit more unbearable and less likable. Yeah. And then when they yeah. kind of like set him into that role, they were like, okay, well, he can be this lovable, you know, goofy, smart guy. Wow. So he had, man, I couldn't imagine. So Steve Carell had been like knocking it out of the park at Daily Show for I don't know how many years. And then and then stepped out to Bruce Almighty probably first, right? Yeah. Had to have been Bruce Almighty first because he's playing like a news anchor. It's basically mm-hmm. the same role. And then he did the first season of The Office, which is crazy to, yeah. <laughs> to knock it out of the park with that. Yeah, he's got a good career. Yeah, yeah. It's because he's he's legit, man. And yeah. and then to do 40-year-old virgin after that, like it's it's like um, I think this is the probably the role that like cemented really him into like just stardom where it's just like if he's in it, it'll probably be decent. Yeah, it'll it, it'll make money. Like yeah. he's he's gonna make money no no matter what. He really does. He really does kind of command the screen and basically anything he's in. Because I, I even forgot about uh, what is it? Uh, Anchorman. Oh yeah, like, Anchorman. Yeah, man. He's had so many crazy, so many crazy roles that like I'm sure there are a few slip in my mind even right now. But just those alone, like those are all home run performances. Yeah. Like, because I, I haven't seen a lot of his serious stuff though. Uh, uh, I watched um, the the new series that uh, came out with a morning show. Where oh, okay. He plays yeah. like uh, the guy that um, was like locking women in the room, um, Matt. Matt uh, Lauer. Yeah, he plays yeah. like a Matt Lauer person that 
that goes. It was phenomenal. Oh, I thought he was gonna win like a. a it was good. Award. Oh yeah, it was everyone in it was like Jenna Aniston, Jennifer Aniston, um, Reese Witherspoon's in it. It's it's real good. It's on Apple TV. Hmm. Yeah, it's phenomenal. So I mean, it's a, and if if seeing him in a dynamic role like it just nails it. He's so good in it where he could be funny. But he can also be a, a, a creepo. Yeah. But also, like, he's just, he's one of the those actors that he makes everyone else look really good yeah. in the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's probably why, even in this movie, like, just bits stay in our minds forever because it's like, it may not, he may not have a lot of lines or something in it, but it's, it just makes everything else look so good. He's like, he plays like the perfect straight man in yeah. this. Even though he's, even though through like multiple points of the movie, he's like, the loudest craziest person in the in the scene but yeah he plays like the character so straight in a way that when he does break you know like when steve carell goes into that i don't want to do that yeah. like that, yeah. that like yeah. high-pitched like yeah. real like going real hard like that that's when it, it really you start to see like oh this dude's like really losing it because he yeah. plays yeah. he plays so chill so well and i think <laughs> and like trying them trying to actually make this dude <laughs> this dude loses virginity at 40. First of all, it's not your fucking business. <laughs> Second of all, why are you so concerned? Like, let this man live his life. He probably don't, probably shouldn't even really be asking or talking about it. But this was 2005. <laughs> it was a different time. We all cared so much about each other's sexual, yeah. sexual activity. And it really had an interesting message, too, in regards to uh, the, the action figures. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it loses its value once you take it out of the package. Oh. Now, I mean, personally, I, <laughs> it was a different time. You know, <laughs> what do you what do you mean? I mean, you know, a lot can be said about you know the value of virginity, and <laughs> things like that, and comparing it to action figures. Yeah, well. <laughs> I think it was just like a good like one to one comparison for the movie, especially because he because he had like a million action figures. Are you talking about like if you had one, you probably own the other. <laughs> if you're a virgin, you probably also have action figures. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, like the the environment now is just so weird in regards to you know sexuality on the internet, nudity, um, pornography, just like everything like that. It's just it's it's really strange. That's how what's his name felt in the movie. That's how Andy was. Because yeah. uh, what's yeah. his name? Paul Rudd tried to give him a big old box of porn. Yeah, <laughs> everyone loves Raymond in it. It's like, well, that's actually just a good show. <laughs> but so interesting about that because like that's what I was thinking too. It was like because a lot of times we watch some of these movies and it's like, ooh, oh, like, yeah. it would not last in this time. But like, and yeah, I mean that like Forty Year Old Virgin has some of those, but not, not to the extreme that it's like completely unbearable to watch. It, yeah. It's even like just kind of here or there. If anything, like what makes it such a good movie is like, it still holds up as like a good kind of romantic comedy that doesn't involve like insanely crazy behaviors because it's like anybody that has, has been a horny teenager and stuff like that, you get that peer pressure from other people to be like having sex and stuff like that. That's so true. it goes through this whole phase of like that, pressure to to you know to to lose your virginity to do it and get it out of the way and stuff like that but like that's just never been i feel like they do it in a way where it's like this could have been a really gross and dirty movie but they did it so respectfully that it like that may work for some people but it's not everyone's jam and that is perfectly fine not always like having to 
fall into that peer pressure and stuff like yep. that. And, yeah. and you can find happy and en- well, happy endings, but like it is a happy <laughs> ending in that sense where it's like, you know, it, it has a good outcome where it's like he has a family and, you know, and it, it works out for, for everyone in the end kind of thing. And so it's like, I kind of, for that, for this movie to come out, you know, 15 years ago and then all, everything else that's been happening in such a chaotic world just to watch it the other day. And I was like, wow, this is actually still like a <laughs> yeah. really good yeah. heartfelt movie where it, it, it deals with a lot of like misogynistic things, but yep. it's, it's very like, I mean, they definitely probably had to have some female writers on there yeah, yeah. because it's, it's female. It's, it's really empowering from that end too. And I think it's also just Judd Apatow in general at the time. He was just like kind of so on it and yeah, yeah. he surrounded himself with so many like different funny people and so many different perspectives. Yeah. I think he's, he's very good at finding finding the joke anywhere because yeah. honestly if you look at if you look at the the cast of that movie it's it's pretty diverse if you really sure. think about yeah. it like there's there's a lot of different people in that movie maybe kylie Oh, oh yeah! Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah! That was the first time. We were, I, that was the first time I saw her. She's actually sure. one of the, the most important people in that movie. Yeah, it's, like, it's all is. about because Paul Rudd is like that is uh, so his ex girlfriend is Mindy Kaling, mm-hmm. and so he's so devastated over um, this breakup, and so he's just talking about like all like the cute romantic stuff, and so that's when Jay was like. Andy, like, tell my homeboy some sick shit they used to do. Like, none of that. None of that. Like, you guys broke up. You guys aren't even together. Like, tell him some. Which it also made me think is like, this movie could have ended if if Andy would have just shared that story of that girl sucking his toe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, just like, tell him some some dirty, nasty ass shit if he would just been like. One time, this girl tried to suck my toe, and I kicked her in the face. Like, <laughs> like, he could have went home. Yeah, like, 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 on his bike, came back to San. I understand. <laughs> yeah, 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 like I, looking on as a toe sucker. <laughs> Smart tech. Yeah, yeah, and like even even what was it? Um, just speaking of women in the movies, uh, Jane Lynch. Like that was definitely oh, like man. that was like one of the first times I saw I saw her. But I know she was around for like best so show good. and all that stuff. She was but. so brilliant. She was also in Superbad too. She. Basically, was she in Super? No, not Super Bad. I'm sorry. Um, what's the one with uh the Bobby little Bobby kid? Um, oh, uh, role models. Role models. Yeah, where she plays. We <laughs> we watched that last. What was yeah. it? Not not even no, two nights ago. We watched that movie. That movie yeah. is. At first, I was like, "This isn't that good," but I think I expected it to be better because honestly, it kind of falls into this category too. Like, you don't yeah, really yeah. have to pay attention to it. Yeah. It's just <clears throat> both of those dudes uh kind of being being on the ball but i know we kind of got off topic but let's let, since since we got off well we've been off topic kind of the whole th- I mean, time it's just the really... cast is just so great yeah, exactly like, you exactly. can really just talk about like and it's and it, for me i knew a lot of this cast like a lot of the cast now from this movie yeah yeah, yeah. it's got so many like great cat dinnies oh yeah <laughs> which by the way She's phenomenal. I hated her character in it. And oh, I know that yeah. they were trying to, like, because that's who she played. It was, like, this whiny, like, 16-year-old. Yeah, yeah, but that's yeah. like, boyfriend. Girl, too much. Too much. Like, just toned down much. a little bit. Like, yeah. Because it, it, she also, like, she looked great for, like, 16 or 17 or whatever, but she also looked like she was, like, 25 or 26. That, or yeah, was, like, yeah. Tone it down. And then when she, like, chills out and, like, she starts to, like, like him and stuff, that's, like, okay, that's, this is, it was a good character. Yeah. 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 Also, like, Elizabeth Banks. Oh. Man, There's so many great man. This is pitching you like to do it yourself. Like, that. <laughs> yeah. I say that anytime you do it yourself, I automatically think that I'm like, do you like to do it yourself? <laughs> <laughs> so 
sometimes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, Mo Collins is in it too, where she plays like the, the oh, lesbian man. and the, um, the speed dating. Oh she's man, like, the speed dating. You got a lot of female figures, and I like that. Just like, oh, <laughs> easy transition. Gina? Gina. Gina. Yeah, what's up? Cedric Yarbrough. Oh man, that's my dude. Oh, yeah, man. So, well, like, let, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and take our, our first break. And then uh, we'll come back and kind of fin- finish up talking about four-year-old version. We'll be right back. everybody i hope you enjoyed your break you were able to take those three seconds of silence to yourself and actually maybe go watch this movie you could have paused or or i don't know maybe you're talented enough to watch a movie in three seconds i don't think you are but we were talking about a lot of a lot of different uh, people who were in this movie but i think like i think one of the big people that i kind of wanted to talk about was the the seth rogan portion of it i think he (laughs) just like it was a lot of his a lot of his dialogue a lot of like the way he delivered his lines like the line for me that always stood out for this movie was when he was talking about how you have to like woo a lady and you have to like first you have to like plant the seed of the relationship and you let that plant grow into a beautiful plant and then you fuck that plant (laughs) (laughs) easily like easily one of the most recognizable it's like planted Plant it with your finger. <laughs> <Plant> it. <laughs> but like, and I know he didn't have the tattoos at the time. Like a lot of the, he wore, did he, was it, was it a fake? I'm sure they like applied them, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tattoos and yeah. pork chops. Yeah. Goatee. Yeah. Big goatee. <laughs> yeah. Um, or what? Mutton chops. Mutton chops. Call them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mutton chops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about pork chops. Um, but yeah, so like it, it was just weird to think about that dude going from kind of that character and then you see him on screen playing all these goofy ass characters. But in reality, he's like been taken under Judd Apatow's wing and Judd Apatow's like trying to like teach him how to be a producer and a writer and a better comedian so much so that now this dude is like top tier producer. Yeah. And and as a person who wants to be a producer in the future, who, who loves and listeners, if you don't know what a producer is, basically a producer is a person that kind of like makes sure the project gets gets done either creatively, financially, even just organizationally. Like that's what a producer does is they kind of they facilitate. Yeah, they're facilitators. They provide, yeah. Exactly. And they pick the spot where they pick me up and ask me if I want to get into the van and have sex. <laughs> how much you get paid for get paid. for said yeah. sex. They bring the blindfold. Hey, Hollywood is crazy. <laughs> they control the budget for the for the KY and the lubricants, yeah. all of those different things. Not the KY. It's, a, it's, it's very much multitasking. But. <laughs> from from the bottom to the tippy top, yeah. the producer is involved with everything, and that and that's kind of like uh, one thing that I I've always I've always enjoyed that about like uh, working in groups and creative projects is kind of like helping people figure out how to work together. And Seth Rogen is that that dude that's just like smoking a ton of weed, but he's also working super, super hard. All the time. Yes, and all the time. 
Like, I, I, and to the point where him and his uh, his co-producer on a ton of his different projects, Evan Goldberg. Oh, yeah. Um, he's, he's working side by side with him figuratively and literally so much so that they actually, like, in their office, they go to the same office on... Um, I forgot what studio it is. I think they work for Universal more than anybody. Yeah, yeah. On the Universal lot, they have a uh, office together. It's kind of a smaller space. And they both share a desk and they share a computer where one person will sit and type on the computer. And then when they're done, they'll pass it to the other person. Like, yeah, wow. I don't know what kind of work relationship you have, but I don't know anybody I'm trying to share a keyboard with. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's how they've always worked since like high school because they've known each other their entire lives, basically. Yeah. So and like as a producer, that that's one thing that Seth Rogen does is there's they're either basically writing scripts or helping to make scripts better or helping to bring someone else's project to to life like i even mentioned on the last episode was invincible that's that's another project that he's producing that um, yeah yeah um, him and evan goldberg produced that show so they they have their hands in everything man and i think that that's like honestly just kind of a testament to judd apatow who was was it an apprentice to uh, Gary Shandling? Mm-hmm. That was his uh, basically mentor, which is really cool. So you have like all these people kind of passing down the comedy gene, like all <laughs> all these different things. Because I think uh, was it Judd Apatow? Like he's known for bringing a lot of different people in, a lot of his friends even, yeah. and um, and to where a lot of like even the, one of the women in the movie, like the. Uh, she was like shit face drunk at the bachelorette party. Uh, his wife. Yeah, his yeah, wife. Uh, yeah, I forgot her name. Uh, unless your name is Dan. Yeah. Don't ever marry anybody named Dan. She throws up. She's like, I'll still have sex with you if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Leslie Mann? Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Judd yeah. Apatow's uh, actual wife in reality, which is which is pretty neat that they they have that kind of relationship. But then. Elizabeth Banks. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's another one that she's she's done a lot a lot of different projects, but her scene with the with the bathtub scene where <laughs> exactly yeah. so so basically uh andy has convinced elizabeth banks's character to go back to her place and they're and she's like chilling in the bathtub getting ready for uh getting ready for andy but then uh and who does he call does he call seth rogan's character no they're chasing him because he's gonna um go home with elizabeth banks and have sex with her um, so he gets uh, in out of the way of uh, not being a virgin anymore. Instead of so being with his, yeah, the woman he actually him. cares cares about. Yeah, because they have yeah. such a good throwback because like they follow him there and like they stop him before he gets into the the tub with um, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, and then he's mm-hmm. like, "Wait, how did you guys know here?" And then Jay was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I hit it like, I hit it, like two months ago." <laughs> 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 and so they all take him to go uh, find like his uh, future wife. <laughs> Seth Rogen's there being like, hey, what's up? It takes off his Gets shirt. Gets into the hot tub, yeah. Yeah. But I think that, like, what I love about <clears throat> Seth Rogen is, like, there's, you look at him and it's just, he embodies, like, persistence. Yeah. It's like, yep. And I think there's a couple of things that, like, are why he is successful that I think that a lot of people can adopt into their own lives. And, like, one is, like, he surrounds himself with, like, smart people. And he yep. surrounds himself with people that he knows he can work with and it's like you never hear people complaining about the movies being like he just hires all of his friends and stuff like that it's never it's like it's all these people that people like because they work well together and they can make people's dreams come true when you have the people 
that you surround yourself with that support you and are passionate about what, what you want to do. Yep. And the second thing is like uh, uh, ability to be vulnerable. Like yeah. I've been reading his book, your book, if you haven't gotten it, it's fantastic. And it's just, it's so funny. And it's just such a, a great way that he puts uh, like on perspective is like, you have to talk about your failures because mm-hmm. if nobody talks about your failures and it's always these successes, it's not a realistic conversation. So yep. you have to, so, true. so yep. even if he's like, you know, do you think, do you think we thought the Green Hornet was going to be fantastic? Like, <laughs> he's like, we actually did. <laughs> yeah, straight up. <laughs> to our belief, <laughs> turns out reviewers fucking hate it. <laughs> yeah, it, I rewatched that recently and it, yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's not so, that good. It's so It's pretty bad. Yeah. And then uh, the third thing is just like, he also does a great job like modeling like a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Like throughout yep. the book, he talks about his wife and it's, it, it, it's a, it reminds me a lot about like how... Um, Stephen Colbert talks about his wife or exactly. like, you know, I get excited for her and stuff like that. He's just so sweet about like the way that he talks about his wife and how supportive she is and, and how they are able to kind of do that. But then on Instagram, like if you haven't been following like his vase Instagram, yeah, like it's oof. just, it's, it's his going back to the vulnerability thing being like, look at me being creative where it's like, I can have this kind of side project that makes me happy. And now it's actually like a hobby that's like fun to do. And so now he's gotten from, it's just all these kind of elements of being an artist that I think are good, that a lot of people can adopt into their own life is being okay with being vulnerable. Being um, persistent. Having diversity. Yeah. Surrounding yeah. yourself with smart people that you can trust uh, that all don't look like you. Um, yeah. And, and then just being free and uh, ready to... You never know keep, who's going to enjoy your art. So yeah, exactly. Put it out there. Just yeah. keep going. Seth Rosen exactly. deserves all the success that yeah. comes to him. Straight up, man. And as a weed entrepreneur, it's like we get it. Oh, man, like <laughs> he's just yeah. li- like living the dream, man. The dude is the dude is on on the ball. Period. Like, and I, I always even speaking of like what's his name, uh, Steve Steve Carell, um, and Colbert. You yeah. mentioned Colbert. Like both of those dudes came out of Second City, I believe. Mm-hmm. And who was it? Carell was there first and Colbert came behind him. And I think he was either replacing Carell um, or either was going to be Carell's understudy or whatever it was, but he needed to replace Carell in their band to where he had to play baritone like bass uh, like tuba type thing like a small tuba. oh like yeah, just baritone yeah just a baritone yeah. yeah yeah so he had to he had to play a baritone and just like i always tell people especially when it comes to the arts in general when someone asks if you can do something you say yes how long do i have to learn or and then you ask them when do i need to do this thing they tell you that's how long you have to learn that thing. Mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert basically learned how to play the baritone in two weeks because he had to play uh, Steve Carell's part. He had never played the baritone before, didn't know how to do any of that. I think he may may have known how to play guitar, like a lot of lot, a lot of dudes, like basic guitar. Yeah. But he learned how to play the baritone just to be a part of Second City. Just because like these, all these guys, they, comedians, guys, girls in general, like they are very, very intelligent people across the board, most of them. Like in uh, Colbert, Carell, Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow, Jane Lynch, all of these people are very, very good examples of very intelligent and funny people because they they understand their craft from top to bottom. Yeah, because yeah. comedy's not easy. Who know, no. struggle, <laughs> who know the struggle? Who know that it's not just you know like fame can be a TikTok away, but also mm. at the same time, it's like even if you get that fame, it's still always going to be work and stuff like yeah. that. So yeah. it's 
you know, entertainment is a struggle because entertainment is subjective. So yep, straight so up. True. And yep. it's a volatile environment. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you better be happy you have a job if you work in entertainment. That shit is tough. And you got to constantly be like looking for the next gig. And like even with even with this silly movie, uh, like just 40 year old virgin, a lot of the a lot of the silly movies that we see. And we know all these quotes like back and forth and, you know, backwards and forwards. These people do this stuff like like a machine they do it for 12 hours a day a lot of people don't really think about that when it comes to making movies but i'm telling you when you when you're working on a film set it's a little bit faster now with like especially the bigger the budget is but a lot of the time on say something that's like a hundred million dollar movie when you're working on set they say all right we're going to we're going to try and get through a page and a half of the screenplay today. Yeah. Like, and it's very similar with comedy too. Like they're going through, they're doing one scene over and over for 12 hours. Like that's, that's work, man, to try and be funny that long yeah. over and over and over, do that take over and over and over. While but, it's raining. Or it's yeah. 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 There's like a lion over there. Yeah. yeah. So, and the kind yeah. of like the lighting and everything, like yeah. losing light. But even uh, Seth Rogen said like it took him, like six years to finally be able to make like super bad and it was like you know that was like a, a hit classic it just it's i think it, it goes back to one of those things where it's just like you just never know who's going to enjoy your content and yep. we talk about this all the time it's like it's awesome that there are so many different venues for how you can be able to to do that to share your content yep. Yep. and what's nice like with like seth rogan his ability is to be like yeah he's like not everyone's going to fully like this but it's it's one thing where you can work with friends you can create something because you never know what that thing that you wrote four years ago, that <laughs> yep. might work now and, and something that Straight becomes up. great. So it's just, you never know what's going to be that movie that's, gonna be on the, the folding list yeah straight up <laughs> this, this movie we've seen a million times yeah that like you said could be on a, a list of movies that you can obviously just straight up throw on you can yeah. hear it in the background and you're still just laughing to yourself you're not even in, in the same yeah. room and honestly like that was a great segue pat i really appreciate the segue <laughs> that was actually perfect was timing perfect, actually. yeah yeah because uh the the episode's cl- coming to an end and honestly once again I, I thoroughly enjoyed having a conversation with you cam i appreciate you coming by pat that appreciate was it. thank you for having me on awesome man I, I i definitely appreciate it thank you for coming it was a it was a great time once again catch us next time on the folding list